This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Today, our guest is the beautiful Dawn Latwis. Dawn is a third-generation intuitive reader and spiritual healer. She helps her clients to gain clarity by helping empower them to find their joy and releasing all limited beliefs and behaviors. She helps you clear out confusion and move through patterns and limiting beliefs, which are stopping you from having the life you dream. In addition, she can help remove hooks, cords, and contracts or vows that are not part of your highest path and timeline. This is done by her calling upon her spirit team who work with you and your spirit team. She is certified in many modalities and often combine her services to give you the answers and relief that you are desiring. This can be done using angel energy, Akashic records, Reiki and Seraphim blueprint energy, crystals and sound healing. She is certified as an angel card intuitive in the Akashic Records Advanced Healer, Reiki Master, and the Seraphim Blueprint Angel Energy. Thank you so much for welcoming Dawn today. Welcome back, everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you on When Spirit Calls. Uh, you have learned a bit about our guest today, Dawn Latwis. I'm so excited to have Dawn with us today. And, you know, when I first connected with Dawn, I felt this angelic presence to her. And I hope that you'll feel that same sense as we move through today's experience, uh, because she's even got a, a little business that's called Angels in the House Party, which I love. Dawn, why don't you share a little bit about how you came to that business and what your journey was and understanding, you know, this energy of celebration, and especially with the the etherical beings, these divine beings. I'd love to hear it. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to meet with you and your um, listeners. And so, wow, I'm kind of old. So my story goes way back. But I'm not that old. But, um, so I grew up Italian Catholic, and I grew up very um, exposed to religion and spirituality. And so that was fine. And I went through life and I was in corporate America for most of my adult life. Um, I also, my mom had hair salons, so I also had that too. So I was very dual purpose throughout my life, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, but I really went into the corporate world and that's where my niche was for most of my working career, which was fine. But I always found um, because I had the spiritual background, what would happen is when I had free time at home, I would be reading books on crystals and angels and just, you know, the whole gamut, you know, just for years and years. I mean, I read about numerology and I Ching when I was a kid, you know, but it went on all through my life. But I never thought of that as a way to work. That was always just like my fun thing. And so to me, that was kind of um, not really talked about because of the way I grew up. So 
I learned to keep that secret and I kept that private over in my home life and my close circle of friends might know, oh yeah, Dawn's kind of kooky. She likes doing this and that, sit down. She'll run her hands over you. But you know, if you went to corporate America, I was there in my suit and everything. Right. So yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> um, that flash forward few years, few decades, we'll just bump it into the 40s. In my mid 40s, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so I thought, oh, you know, I thought I was going to die first off. And then I didn't die. <laughs> I had to live with it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is a different twist. Because in my mind, I thought if I had cancer, I would die. But no, that was in the 70s when I grew up. So that was an old fear. Ah. Yeah. So this fear came out and I didn't die. In fact, I lived with it. And I lived with it for about four or five years before it needed treatment because non-Hodgkin's has a low grade, high grade. There's like so many kinds, there's 300 kinds or something crazy. Wow. But yeah, but what happened was I started getting back more into my spirituality because desperation, you know. Isn't that interesting? I, right. You know, and it, it kind of. And it always, for me, that was when I went back to either my religion or my spirituality, you know, dark times. I'm in the church praying and lighting candles. I'm also, you know, running sage and doing different things. So as I went through cancer, um, number one, I noticed a whole lot of stuff that I didn't really like about my life, a um, whole lot of imbalances, but I, I was really stuck. I was stuck. I was deep into it. Two kids, a husband, a mortgage, carpet—you know, the whole thing. Oh, I, yeah, and I, I didn't see a way out. And then, um, fast forward, it went on for about five years, and then I actually went aggressive with my cancer. I didn't go aggressive. The cancer, the cancer, aggressive. yeah. <laughs> well, then I got aggressive with the cancer. Yeah. Because I had always thought as a um, somewhat natural person that I would never get chemotherapy, mm -hmm. quite honestly. It was very um, much like a failure, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And that's how I judged it. Hey, I've got all these natural tools. I got vitamins. I got herbs. Right. I did homeopathy. I got Reiki. I don't need chemo. And then they said I did. And so I was devastated. So I did the chemotherapy and it was awful. Um and it was wonderful. <laughs> you know, I don't know. The worst of times, the best of times. Yes. Isn't it, it interesting how that shows up, that dynamic, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I laid in my bed for six months, not every moment of every day, but um, and I looked at the same clouds over and over. And I don't know, it just kind of made me realize it didn't matter whether I had five million dollars in the bank or five dollars in the bank. Because the clouds still look the same from my bed. <laughs> I couldn't go out and do anything. I didn't have the energy to do anything. And so I was still in the heat of it. Yeah. But I think that was the real catalyst for my change, looking out at those clouds. Right. Wow. You know? And so from there, I struggled and I went through it all. And I kind of dealt with it. But with all my old tools and my old mentalities, um, which got me the cancer in the first place. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the only contributor, but, you know, a lot of we know that a lot of emotional upset, 
a lot of suppression of anger, frustrations, injustice. <laughs> yes. Oh. And I had a, yeah, that's kind of how my life had been up until then. I had dealt with a whole lot of stuff. That's like a whole nother <laughs> show that I don't want to get into. Now I'm not telling on myself on everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, so at that point, things started clicking. Um, I, I had a long way to go physically, but my, I started processing differently and the way I was looking at things differently. Like I had never been depressed per se in my life. I'm just a kind of happy person. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know if that was a lot of suppression, but I'm, you know, no, I, I'm just kind of a happy person. I know that sounds well, but I couldn't understand people that got depressed because I'd be like, well, just pick yourself up, yeah. shake yourself off and go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I never said that to anybody. <laughs> that is like the world's worst advice. I mean, yes, of course you can't wallow, but so then I, um, I, I started looking at things differently and I actually noticed for myself um, to get through the last parts of the chemo because each one is cumulative and I had like right. six months and you start out and you're all gone. Oh, but at the end, you know, okay, my brain's starting to switch a little, but I'm starting to get the light. Yeah. But like I really had to, like, I was, like I said, not a really um, person that got depressed a whole lot. I got sad at times and stuff, but never really depressed. But I was going into that pit because mm -hmm. I couldn't think about tomorrow. Like mm -hmm. I literally had to take it like hour by hour, mm -hmm. sometimes 20 minutes by 20 minutes, yeah. you know, like, will this pain pass? You know, the vomiting, the mm -hmm. thing. It was just awful. And I said, wow, okay, so that's what leads people sometimes down a dark path, you know, where they think there's no other way. Yeah. Um, and for some people, they don't have support and they don't have tools and they don't know where to turn. Yeah. And so it gave me, um, you know, I never really felt like I was a judgy person. <laughs> I was more judgy of myself, I thought. I thought, oh no, that's kind of judgmental there. You know, why couldn't they pick themselves up? Right. And so, yeah, it, it just kind of evolved from there and it just kind of kept going um, as far as the mind shifts and looking at things. And then the final <laughs> nail in the coffin to, say, to speak um, was that my ex-husband passed away and we had been divorced for 28 years. I was so happy. Sorry if my son hears this. I was so happy to get divorced because I just wanted to be done and start on my life. I was sick of trying to fix this guy. And I knew I had stuff that needed help inside of me. Um, so I was really happy. I never mourned the divorce. Well, before he passed, I started getting intuitive hits, um, memories about things, nudges to do certain nice things and stuff like that. So I did do that and I just kept following my intuition throughout all of it. But when he passed, I went through a really, now I know they call it the dark night of the soul. I didn't know the term. I didn't know I was like in vogue, but yeah, I went through a bad dark night of the soul because I didn't know where to turn. I had told my friends and my ex and my current husband, you know, this guy's a louse. He did me dirty. That, that was my story, right? Yeah. That was my narrative. And so now I'm sad that my son's father died. My grand, my grandkids, grandpa died. The guy that I fell in love with, that young guy that had all this hope and that I said yes to marry died. Yes. I didn't know where to turn. And 
Mm. I would get flashes of things because I am intuitive. So it led me down a deeper spiritual journey. And I don't know that I'd be doing as well today if I didn't have my spiritual toolbox, which we talked about. Um, so I always had the angels. The angels are my go-to because of my religion growing up that way. But I also trained on doing some angel card um, readings and stuff. And so I always had the angels in that. And so I'd call on the angels. And I just kept getting intuitive hits that the Akashic records were, you know, where to start looking. Well, it was really expensive to train. There was very limited. This is only going back about two, three years. And we've had a big explosion with the Akashic records in that time. But when I first started, there was nobody. And so I did go and take um, some more classes. And I really wasn't in to taking classes though because I was like I'm, I'm 57 57 now and so I was like really because I've read all these books and I've been around it since I was a little kid you know what are you going to tell me yeah but when I got into the Akashic Records which obviously that's how I met you too was through our sessions yeah. and that it just taught me and it helped me to go deeper into myself And so, and to kind of understand a little bit more about my motivations and my old hurts and the drivers that were, you know, having me show up a certain way, like I couldn't even admit, and I still don't like to, but I will, like, I got on the call with you today and I said, I was having a really bad day today. I was kind of flat and this and that, but before the Akashic records, I really had a hard time showing up authentically. Yeah, I would show up how people needed to see me or how I perceived they needed to see. Right. Yes. I want to speak to that for a minute here. Uh I think it's so important because I, I have done this most of my life as well. You know, I was an overachiever, you know, I felt like because I had a near death when I was just a little kid that, you know, God put me back so that I can do big things. And so I better do big things. And if I'm not showing up, in the way that I'm supposed to, or how everyone thinks I should, then I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And so that weighed very heavily on me. And in fact, it manifested into physical illness for me, was diagnosed with IBS, fibromyalgia, Raynaud's disease, all the list goes on. And a big part of that was this suppression of what I really was feeling and pretending to be everything is roses. I'm fine. Everything's fine. But inside really being eaten up inside. And I think that this correlates even to your cancer story of Mm -hmm. having that facade almost and not that you were trying to Mm -hmm. be someone that you weren't, but you were most certainly trying to please what everyone else expected of you. You were trying to, you know, show up in that way. And I think so many of us do this, Dawn, and it is to our detriment that we do this, you know, the people pleasing energy, you know, and, and going as far as to not having any boundaries. And I bet you that your boundaries were one of the big things that you had to learn in the process um, around all of this. So, you know, I wanted to bring that to the surface because I want to speak to any of the listeners that maybe are going through some sort of physical illness and invite them to look at the energetics behind it 
um, of, you know, what really is going on beneath the surface. Cause we know that the energy will manifest into some form of illness. If we don't address it, if we don't, you know, look at it, honor it, whatever that is. So in your journey, in your path, I'm curious to know, when did spirit kind of lead you into saying, Don, you got to do this inner work here? Because I feel like you kind of knew that at a young age, you always dabbled in it. But I think it really hit you, hit you like what I call the spiritual two by four in one of those pieces of you in your healing process. And I'm curious to know what that was for you or if there was anything significant for you. I would have to say it would be about two and a half years ago. Mm. Um, it would have been, so I have dreams mm. and we all have dreams, no, but I have, um, precognitive dreams, yeah. but I never understood them my whole life because they'd be right. so far in the future or such <laughs> symbolism. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And I, I actually had some dreams, um, about four years prior to like what I was calling the dark night. Yes. Um, and I was seeing some things. I actually saw a CAT scan because um, my grandson was being tested for something in utero, but I saw it morph into my ex-husband. Ah. And so that actually, that dream is what triggered me to go, wow, there was more there, you know? So it wasn't actually the dream, but as things started unfolding, that's the bad thing about those dreams for me. I don't know what to do with it. And then five years later, oh, okay. Okay, now it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it's not something, yeah. But I, I wanna speak to the point that you were making for the listeners. What I found myself um, saying a lot during my cancer treatment and, and struggle with it was I'm okay. Someone say like, do you need me to get that? No, 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 I'm okay. No, 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 I'm okay. That was complete bull. Uh, and so I, it was like, you know, so that was a few years before the dark night stuff. Yeah. But then as I went into that, I was like, you know, it's that I'm okay. And what would happen is I would be telling everybody I'm okay because you know what? I can go home and I can go rest and I can lay and I can do this and that. And you know what? Yeah, I'm tough. I can do it. But what happened was I started then getting upset when people couldn't meet my needs. Mm. But I wasn't telling them my needs because I just said I'm okay. Right. Nobody knew <laughs> any wiser. You were okay, Dawn. <laughs> I'm like, but can't they see I'm lying? I'm not okay. I'm struggling, you know. So, um, yeah. So to that point is like, we really have to, I had to go inner is yeah. what, and to your point about the people pleasing yeah. as people pleasers, we learn to look externally. Are we doing a good job? Right. Did we get that good grade in school? Did yes. we win the award? Did we get the certificate? You know, and I was always looking outward. Yeah. And I realized that I had to start going inwards. And obviously the Akashic records help with that a lot. But I just remembered nobody's going to tell me it's okay to go lay down. Okay. You know, you have to go inside and say, Don, you're tired. Go yeah. lay down. Or you're going to pay the next two, three days. Yes. I, you know, I think that inward journey is so powerful because what it does is it shows us things that we didn't see before. And you kind of had alluded to that, you know, that 
we can help ourselves to understand ourselves more deeply by using tools. And whether it's the Akashic records, whether it's just you allowing yourself to go back into your childhood or other traumatic events, no matter what we do in that process, even though it feels scary, we are already beginning to shift and change the energy by simply looking at it, by simply being willing to say, oh, I see you there. And I kind of uh, compare it to, you know, a small child. So for those of you that have children, you'll understand this. You know, when the child first starts yelling for you, whether it's like mom or dad, mom, dad, they're quiet and then they get louder. And then before you know it, they're tugging at you. You know, this is what happens with that low vibration energy. It sits there dormant almost kind of in waiting to say, are they going to pay attention to me? Are they going to hear me? Are they going to listen? And oftentimes we get little nudges along the way, mm-hmm. but we not, we're not ready to listen we're um or we're so busy doing all this external stuff because that's how we've been conditioned as a society to go 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 and do 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 right and so what happens is then that little vibration energy it says okay they're not listening i'm going to do i'm going to whip something up for this person <laughs> you know and uh and so we go of course and we get this hard hitting experience and we think why is this happening to me <laughs> when the answer lies within us? <laughs> 100%. Isn't yes. that the truth? Um, so, I mean, you already had a spiritual toolbox. What were some of the things that you used that helped you to get through, you know, such an illness? Cause I, I think it's important that we share some of that with the listeners too. Right. So, yeah, I did have a spiritual toolbox. One of the Well, in my toolbox, I was already a Reiki practitioner. Mm. So I did a lot of Reiki on myself. My mother's a Reiki master as well. So, you know, I had that little thing. But um, one of the things that I found was to get a coach, Mm. to get a spiritual mentor. Mm. Um, You know, and I I don't necessarily think it's while you're going through the experience because that's all devoted to your physical body. Yes, it's yeah. great to think we're going to do that. And there's some soul searching, but I think it's when afterwards, like, okay, I won the battle. Now, what do I do with my life? Right. right? Yeah. And how do I even rebuild a life? Cause nobody wants to go back and recreate that same life they just that's had true. that yeah. got us here. Yeah. And so trying to build it. One of the best things I ever did was to form a new spiritual community. Mm. And to also let people go that didn't understand me, that didn't get me, that didn't respect me, didn't respect my boundaries. And I'm not like, oh, you have to respect me. But like, no, I'm not just the friend you call up for every heartbreak or every problem in your life. And then I have a problem and I need something and you're busy. You don't answer. No. Yeah. I want to speak to that a little bit more because I think that's really valuable. And I think that that the importance of our sense of belonging cannot be underestimated because we all want to belong. It's part of our nature. It's part of our needs is belonging. And I think so many of us go through this world feeling like we don't belong here. We don't belong there. We don't belong here. And so what you spoke about was really finding your community or creating your own community. So I really want to encourage the listeners to think about where is, where are my people at? Cause there are people out there for all of us. Mm-hmm. Or if I don't know where to look, 
how do I start to do that for myself? And you can start to do that by simply putting it out there. But the other key piece of all this is that when we start to shift our own vibration, so in other words, when we start to see things in a different way, when we start to respond to the world in a different way, there are going to be people that don't understand it or don't get it because they're on a different space and time in their journey. And it is not one is better than the other. We're just different and that's okay. But what happens is those people start to slough off. They either start to remove themselves or as you set your boundaries because you're vibrating at a higher frequency and you know where your boundaries are at and you're not people pleasing anymore, those people will, you might find some resistance and then it'll give you an opportunity for you to say, ah, see you later. It's okay to let those people go because what's happening is you're making room for the people that are in alignment, who are looking for you, who are waiting for you as well. And so I think that's such a beautiful thing to share because I think a lot of people get caught up in like, oh my God, they don't like me anymore. Or they feel, you know, worried or they feel like it's um, that there's, you did something wrong potentially. Um, And so this is just an opportunity for us to look at that and say, oh no, those people came in for a reason and they're going out for a reason. And this is allowing for more room for the right people to show up for me in my life. Well, I was just going to say too, when I started showing up more authentically, I'm going to attract the people that I really want around me. Absolutely. So when I'm showing up as this corporate person, I'll stuff short. Well, I'm not going to attract, you know, the crystal loving people that I want to hang out with or the Akashic people, you know, just the spiritual group. So no, I'm not going to. So yeah, that was, that. you know, but this is seven years out on a 57 year journey. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a process. Don't wait. Don't wait so long like I did. <laughs> right. And, you know, you also mentioned, you know, finding a mentor. And I, I do think that's really important. You know, um, my spiritual teachers have, you know, helped me more than I can even, even imagine, you know, and I think it's important that we um, find those supports. I mean, you think of the the most important people in the world, they all have mentors and coaches and usually many of them. And so I think what happens is sometimes we feel like we need to do it on their own, on our own. And I, I'll admit, I was one of those people. I'm like, I can figure this out. You know, when I first started um, one of my companies, I was like, oh no, I can figure it out. I'm not going to waste money with those, with those coaches right. and mentors. I don't need them. I can, I can self-talk myself into anything. <laughs> Oh and, yeah. And so I ended up shooting myself in the foot a lot of times as I went on my own journey too, um, because I was missing a perspective that the coaches can help us to have. So I think that's really important too. Well, and we all have our strong suits, right? And so, you know, yeah, you could do X, Y, Z, but it'll probably take you 10 times as long <laughs> as the expert to do it or for that mentor to give you that one little piece of information or that one paragraph that you just go, wow, light bulb, you know, eureka moment. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. And you know, here's, what's really powerful. I mean, you went through a a pretty significant health scare, one in which you thought you were going to actually lose your life. And instead you got a deeper understanding of who you were you were able to unpack all the old yucky stuff that was no longer serving you. I mean, the gifts are infinite in that experience. Would you agree that you you really learned to see the gifts in that process? I am now? so blessed. And, you know, like, I don't think 
cancer is a good thing, but I think I was blessed with an illness because so many people that are my age don't get it still, right? So I had an opportunity to get it right in this lifetime and I'm trying to make the most of that. So yeah, 100%. You know, spirit calls us in all sorts of ways. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, we all have to wait until we get sick before we actually listen to the voice of spirit. But I want to remind our audience again that, you know, these things do show up for us. This is nothing, none of this is happening to us. It's happening for us. And so recognizing that even if our perception is that it's bad or not good, that we have an opportunity to respond to that in a way that serves our highest good. And Don, you are a shining example of how to choose to respond in a way that allows you to learn and to grow and to be better for it. And now you get to help other people along the way. So, so fun. It's you know, so fun. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love that you named your business angels in the house party. Cause it feels like a celebration, even in just the title of it and reminding people that, you know, these, these, this angelic energy is there for us. And you mentioned it being a tool, but we didn't get a chance to spend too much time on it today, but I want you to just share with the audience, what do you um, help people with the most um, as as a coach, as somebody who is a spiritual guide for people, what is it that you find people come to you for the most? Um, mainly what I have people show up for, which is no surprise, <laughs> is when they are going from one type of situation to the next, um, into a new phase of... Yes, transition. Transition times, yeah. Um you know, and I actually run a little, it's not, it's still being developed, but I have the group coming is the jumpstart your joy. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's all about finding joy in the everyday. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and that's why I love the angels. Cause you know, you just, if you're into the angels, you just know that they're just such joyful, happy beings. Mm -hmm. Um, So I start with that, but I just try to help people to find value, to do things that they love. I know we all have to make money. We have to eat. We have to have roofs over our head, but it doesn't have to be miserable. We don't have to hate getting up and going to work every day. In fact, that's a really bad formula, right? It is. It's a bad formula. You will. Yes. You will not enjoy your life if you're, you know, if you're stuck in that space, but yet how many of us are. So, you know, I think that's a great invitation. So, for everybody listening, we have just had such a wonderful conversation, Don. I've just loved it. And I really want to encourage you all to um, reach out to Don if what she shared is resonant for you. Uh, obviously, she's all about joy and allowing life to be filled with that high vibration energy. Uh, so Don, um, where can people reach you? How do we know where to go next if something resonates for them? Sure. The best way to get a hold of me is on Facebook at Angels in the House Party, or um, you can email me directly at Angels in the House 111 at gmail.com. Those are the two easiest ways. Fabulous. And we'll have that all in the show notes for our listeners. So you guys will find that there. Dawn, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us and to share your energy and your joy. 
very thank grateful. you so much i have such a good time with you and i love your energy as well so oh, it makes it easy don't we have the best gig ever it's yeah fantastic. just talking just talking about things we love right yeah if only we all did more of that right talk about things we love yeah well we're signing off for today thank you for listening and can't wait to be with you all again very soon bye for now so happy you could join us today and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now if you feel you received a gift in today's message please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them to continue this conversation please join me at rosehope.ca and when you do be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the when spirit calls newsletter I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.